He's going deep. He's got Williams wide open at the 50, the 40, the 30. He's got a man chasing, and he cuts to the inside. Duke Williams, touchdown. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the first edition this year of the Eskimos Coaches Show with head coach Jason Moss, brought to you by Michener Allen Auctioneering. And we say right off the bat, uh, good evening to Jason Moss. How are you, Jason? I'm doing great, man. Glad to have you in studio uh, tonight to talk a little Eskimos football. The offseason is long. Uh, Training camp, I'm sure, at times seems very long. Uh, Where are you at right now? I mean, this must be, these two days must be kind of weird for you because you've been going 100 miles an hour since training camp began. You've had had 80 players or so in camp. Those numbers have been reduced. You're now starting to game plan and everything. What's the last couple days been like for you? It's been a whirlwind, to be quite honest with you. I mean, um, as busy as we were in the offseason, you say we didn't, we're not any more busy right now. We actually are. I mean, we're trying to game plan for BC, trying to get the roster set, trying to figure out who's going to play for us where, uh, and things of that matter. But, uh, it was nice to get done with training camp and get the roster set and figure those things out, but uh, it still feels like everything's going a million miles an hour. Yeah, I, lo- I love what you said yesterday when you were talking about the roster and saying how you slept so well the night before, after, you know, you get your roster set for training camp, and that's 80-plus players, and you're constantly looking to the end of the end of the line to see which 46 you're going to get, and you got to that point, and it's, imagine, just a totally different feeling. It is. I mean, I, I said it. I mean, three months worth of thinking about this. I mean, as you're as you're signing players, as you're signing players, and you're getting close to that 75 number in May, and then you get your draft picks, you know, signed, and they all come in. Um, you know, you're putting them in places you feel going to give them the best chance to make our team. But then you still are thinking about the ultimate roster that you're going to mm-hmm. try to have uh, for opening day. And, you know, you're thinking about every, every practice a guy shows up, and you're thinking, oh, man, is that going to be a change there now? Or is that how is that going to affect this position? Um, yeah, and that's constantly what what we're thinking about as coaches. And then, obviously, the head coach and the GM gets to make the final say on all that with the coach's um, advice as well uh, and rankings. But, uh, you know, I've been thinking about this moment for three months, and so I'm finally glad it's here. And, and every coach at this time of the year says he's happy with his team. Uh, you're happy with your team, obviously. Tell me about camp and the, and the competitiveness of it. And I want to particularly know how different it is because there was no first cut down this year like there has been in years past. I, it was hard for me from watching up from above to tell whether there was too many players in the field. Did that muddy the waters for you a little bit because you kept guys longer? I noticed most teams did keep most of their players right through yeah, to the end, so it must be an advantage. Absolutely, it was an advantage. I'm so thankful that the CFL did that. Um, I think it's it's something they need to continue. Um, you know, you get an opportunity to see a guy get better as the camp goes on. And also, legs are legs. I mean, guys get tired, and you have your, you, the drills we do, and we're trying to put them through so much and so fast of a time that, uh, you know, the cream rises to the top. But uh, it's such a physical sport, football, and, you know, you need bodies. You need guys to be able to get the drills done. And I think our practices ran smoother. Um, the competitiveness obviously was there. But the growth and the maturation you saw as a week or two went by, guys were able to practice and get better. And we didn't. I think it was a good thing we didn't play our games to the end because we got so many days in for the new guys that hadn't been in the CFL. We got to go through every situation mm-hmm. they could possibly see in practice. And ultimately, I think that's what led to such a competitive camp for us. And, you know, and, and also why I feel like we picked the right guys, because uh, we had time, proper time to evaluate um, and got to have the guys that we feel made it through and, and got better. 
are there guys who stepped up more than you thought they would? Were there guys you were impressed with more than you thought you would be? Or, or maybe who were the, the, the bright spots in your eyes in training? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's hard not to have noticed Duke Williams in all through training camp. Mm-hmm. I mean, from the very first day to the end, I mean, the things he did every single day was pretty impressive. Um, you know, I looked at all of our draft picks. I mean, they got better every single day. It was pretty cool to see. Um, but, you know, I, I probably am going to miss a couple of guys. But really, Duke is the one out of everybody yeah. that kind of, you know, I think put everybody on notice um, throughout camp. So I'd say Duke, uh, if I was going to say one player. Uh, Adam Konar, I think his camp, his status at camp got elevated quickly after the injury on, on day two to Corey Absolutely. Greenwood. He's, I, he was pretty good in the games, I thought. No yeah. question. So, uh, you know, and, and I guess I, I, I kind of take Adam for granted or that will linebacker position for granted because I knew what we had. It was mm-hmm. just a matter of them getting the opportunity and the reps. So, no, I thought Adam and Blair uh, played extremely well. I think Kristoff uh, came in and, uh, you know, got better as camp went on. Uh, I think Doug Parrish improved. Um, you know, there's room for improvement uh, for all of them, but, uh, you know, that's pro- probably because of how comfortable I am with Adam and, and Blair. Um, I don't even think twice when they're in there. So, uh, mm-hmm. but I definitely know they had great camps. You're listening to the Eskimos Coaches Show with Jason Moss. It's brought to you by Michener Allen Auctioneering. Uh, the two preseason games, Jason, I, I don't, I, in my time, and this is my eighth year doing Eskimo games now, and even before that watching games, I don't remember a year where there's been two exciting games like that. I mean, both right down to the wire, both two-point converts hinging on the result. It was it was pretty entertaining. Oh, no, it was cool. I mean, I, I told the guys after the game, I said, I've won three Grey Cups, and I'll never forget this, that, the, the Winnipeg game. I said, I'll never forget this this game. I mean, this will go down as a, as a memory for a CFL memory for myself. Um, you know, great games, great competitive games uh, coming down to the wire. I think you'd want every game. We got to go through almost every situation you could possibly go through in two between two games, and that's invaluable experience for all of our players, not not just our our, uh, our younger guys, but our veterans get to see it and play through it. And when we watch film, we get to talk about those things. But for two games to come down to two point two two point conversions. Uh, is incredible. Yeah, and, and like you're saying, it, it gives everybody that situational work. Um, not often you get to work on the short kicks and the two-point converts and whatever you need to work on during the season. That's usually done in, in practice, which has a whole different vibe than in a game situation. Yeah, no question. I mean, you can't uh, replicate live reps. So um, I go back to a Peyton Manning quote that I always heard him say is, you know, every rep I learned something from, and that's why he wanted to take every single one of them, and he took most of them in his career. So I think every rep you take as a pro, you learn something. So when you can do it in a game like that and come out on a positive end of of just about every situation we were in at the end of the games, um, that speaks volumes. I mean, Danny O'Brien leading us down in the first one, and then, you know, Zach Klein leading us down in the second one. And for those two quarterbacks to lead, you know, game-tying, game-winning drives is huge. And then Sean being able to kick a make a great kick and a guy kick it out or hit it out of bounds. I mean, all those things you remember and it's muscle memory and, you know, things that you think positively when you're ever in that situation again. And and for the record, the first game, you probably would have handled the ending different if it was a regular season, right? Yeah, I mean, for sure I would have. Um, you know, I've always thought of doing something like that though I mean when you feel like you got the momentum and it's like man can we punch it in here don't have to worry about overtime and you win or you lose hinged on this play I guess it kind of depends on how good you feel about that one play but uh, you know 
the 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 right call probably would have been to get to overtime and uh, and do it that way but uh you know want to see what our guys are made of and and in preseason they don't have uh, overtimes anyways yeah so. created created excitement left uh, everyone left with something to talk about for sure so that was uh, that was good uh, if you've got a question for uh, coach Jason Moss give us a text at 6:30 I got to ask you what were the games like for you being the head coach and not the offensive coordinator not calling plays how was it different for you through um, the first two games and well, was it difficult to make the adjustment yeah. Yes, it, I mean, I wouldn't say it's difficult to make the adjustment. It's, you're less engaged, I guess, during the game when you're calling it and you're you're in the moment on every single snap on offense. Um, you know, you're rela- relaying the play to the quarterback. You're you're looking at your call sheet a little bit differently. Um, you know, I'm trying to analyze the game more as a head coach when I'm not calling plays. I'm trying to you know lend an ear to Carson whenever he needs it, and I have all the faith in the world in Carson, so I try not to lend too much of an ear to him um, or too much advice. I think he does a great job during the game. Um, it's more just watching the game and analyzing everything that's going on, try to think a step ahead. You know, I I knew we were going to go for the two point play. I was already thinking four point four you know steps ahead mm-hmm. there even in the Winnipeg game you know I told our special teams guys I was like we're going to go for one because if we're going to get that on side we're going to go for two from there we'll tie the game up um, I was able to think in the moment that way rather than just calling a play so and it, I mean it's just a different feel I mean yeah. um whether I like it more or not, <laughs> I, I like being a head coach, and I, I, I enjoy uh, leading our team in, in that aspect, and I have all the faith in the world in the guys uh, who are calling the game. Clearly something that evolves as the season goes along for you. I'm sure you'll do things differently as you move along. Uh, defensively, the, were you more, I don't know the, the right way to phrase this, but were you more engaged in what was going on defensively because you weren't worried about what was going to happen when the offense came on yeah, the field? Yeah, I mean, it's funny because, I mean, during the, during the preseason, I'm trying to evaluate as well, so I'm trying mm-hmm. to watch as many snaps as I can live so I can see everybody play. Um, during the regular season, it might be a little different. I'm going to be looking at our, our call sheet a little yeah. bit more intently and trying to get calls for Carson and trying to think of how, how I think the game is going on offense. Um, but I still will watch the game a little bit differently. So, um, you know, that's that was the biggest thing is just being able to evaluate differently, being able to not think uh, about the offense entire offense entirely, um, and be able to have some time to just think think about the game in in and of itself. And um, it, it was fun. I'm not saying it wasn't. It's it's a good time to do that. It is going to take some learning and some adjusting for myself. Um, and I guess as the season goes, I'll see w- what different things I do. Right now, that's kind of been the biggest difference. How about at practice? What's been the difference for you? I, I, maybe it's too early to tell because you're evaluation mode and there's just a lot of guys in the field. Yeah. What, what was it like? What do you anticipate it being like tomorrow? Uh, it'll be the same to me. I mean, um, I won't be as involved with the offense as I was. I mean, when again, when you're a coordinator, you're looking at every single step a guy makes. You're looking at everything. Not that I'm not doing that as a, a, an observer basically, but when you're calling the plays and you're, you're a little bit more vested, I guess, um, in that regard. Um, I'll still be watching, but I still want to go down the defense, and I want to I want to look at different things. Um, I'm still going to be my main focus will be watching over the offense and, and looking at things as they as they're progressing, um, and trying to help our guys in the walkthrough. But if I ever want to take some time to go down the defense, I'm afforded that opportunity, um, and that's what will be different. The Eskimos Coaches Show with Jason Moss. My name is Morley Scott. It's all brought to you tonight by Michener Allen Auctioneering. We'll take a break. Be back with uh, your texts and uh, more thoughts on Eskimos training camp. And we'll look ahead to Saturday's game against the BC Lions to open up the regular season. It is a 7.45. You're listening to the voice of the Edmonton Eskimos, 6.30, Chad.
evening, everybody, and welcome back to the Eskimos Coaches Show with Jason Moss, brought to you by Michener Allen Auctioneering. My name is Morley Scott, along with the head coach of the Eskimos, Jason Moss. Jason, how much video do you watch in a day? Uh, hours. I don't know. I, I don't put an, an exact figure on it. Um, usually we're in the office, or I'm in the office by 5. Uh, some days a little earlier than that, and we don't leave till about 7 at night, 6, 7 at night. So most of that time is spent watching film. So, um, you know, you break it up. I mean, there's times I've gone four or five hours straight just watching it and uh, with a break here or a break there. But um, to me, the more the more you watch film, the, the little things start standing out to you. Um, and, you know, no matter how much you think you know, you always find something. So I'm a big proponent of watching as much film as you can. So, um, you know, I try to do it about as much as I can. And you're you're probably flipped the switch from watching your own guys and evaluating to now getting set. And, and you're watching the BC Lions this week. Looking, You're just looking for little tells about what they're doing on yeah, certain plays. Yeah, I mean, that's basically what offensive football is all about is trying to find weaknesses and defenses, trying to find... You know what sets, what formations, what personnel groupings give you keys uh, to to beat, and uh, if you can find those things, you always have a better chance of being successful. The more information you can give to your players, that makes them confident in what they're doing. The better plays you're going to be able to draw up to defeat things. Um, but you know, BC does a great job. I will give them credit. They uh, they don't give you a lot of tells. They do a lot of different things. They're very active, uh, which makes it very difficult on quarterbacks to make good decisions and the offensive line to be good at protection and and ultimately our run game to be able to be successful. So they're a great defense on that side of the ball. So it's been a challenge. All right, more on the Lions uh, coming up in the game on Saturday. By the way, we have it for you here on 6:30. Chad, myself, Dave Campbell, Blake Dermott's going to be in Vancouver as well, which will be great. Uh, 6:30 for the countdown to kick off eight o'clock for uh, the kickoff of the game, the Eskimos and the BC Lions. By the way, the Coors Light Eskimos watch party on Saturday will be at the Sawmill in Fort Saskatchewan, so uh, why not get together with some Eskimo fans and watch the football game? Uh, give us a text at 630-630 if you have a question for Coach Jason Moss. Uh, first one up is uh, wondering about the return game. Obviously, a lot of people thought Kendall Lawrence was going to get that job after he was signed in the offseason, but he was among those released on the weekend. What's the game plan, or what do you want to tell us? What well, can you tell us about the return game? It's hard. You guys We'll have to, to understand it's hard to tell you who's exactly going to return um, this week just because we don't have to set our roster till Friday. And if we give it out too early, they're able to game plan a little bit better. But uh, we've got candidates. I mean, obviously, Zilstra was one that returned in playoff games for us in the punt returning aspect. You know, we've got a couple running backs on our roster, you know, that can do it. Uh, a couple of our DBs, uh, you know, Gary Peters has done it in, in, in the NFL and in, at Clemson. So he's a candidate. Uh, Chris Edwards is a candidate. There's a whole bunch. There's about mm-hmm. five or six guys, trust me, that are candidates to return. And they're all a little bit different, and they're all dynamic. So hopefully the, the one we go with is the one that gives them the most problems. All right, two, two-part question for you now. Do you plan to go by committee and kind of whittle it down as the season goes and find that guy? And Or maybe do you go the other road? I mean, you must you must mix the other team up a little bit if you're sending a different guy out to return a punt every time there's a yeah, punt. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that's the best thing you can do. I mean, if, hopefully the guy that goes out to return the, the first one returns all of them. I mean, that that would be ideal, I guess. But uh, the, the, deal, the thing is, I guess on a team you want depth. So going into this first one, we're going to have some depth back there and some different guys that are going to be able to do it, I believe. So we'll, we'll go from there. We'll find out the one that's best suited for us, and, and we'll make it work. All right, uh, football questions for the coach. Text me at 630-630. Uh, 
your offense, uh, everyone seems to be concerned, and, and rightfully so, that Darrell Walker's gone. I mean, he put up just astronomical numbers, but it's been pretty evident with the points you put up and the yards you put up in the two preseason games that uh, you probably won't have the one guy who will put up those kind of numbers, but you, as an offense, you feel you're still going to be able to put up the same kind of numbers you put up last I mean, couple I, years? I believe so. I think our offense is stronger than just one person's absence in it. Um, you know, you know, Darrell was a great player. There's no question about that. Um, but I feel like we've got guys that have stepped into that role, and at least through camp and through two preseason games that have proved to us that they're capable of doing it. To do it over 18 games is another story. We understand that. Um, but, you know, Vidal Hazelton, I feel like right now, has stepped into that role and done extremely well. Brandon Zilstra, you know, is left off you know, or took off where he left off last year for us. So, you know, Corey Watson is still one of those players to me that's, you know, always waiting to break out and have a big game. You know, obviously we still have a Darius. And the other thing that to me that we have right now is John White, you know, looks as good in practice as he did at the end of last year too. And mm. I wouldn't say that about him last year at the beginning of the year. He he had some stuff to get over with his injury from the previous year and it took him a while to knock the rust off. But once he did, he was an animal. So um, we have John White in our old line as well. So yeah. those are some reasons I think our offense is going to be just fine. Um, and then we got the guy pulling the trigger who I think is going to be able to find the guys. So um, we'll be, I think, a potent offense. I believe we're, we're, we've got a number of guys that are going to step up to replace Darrell. It probably won't be just one guy, but hopefully we spread it around enough to where we're still a potent offense. With the threat that John White is coming out of the backfield, I mean, he was, I think, second only to Andrew Harris in receptions for running backs. Uh, he's kind of tailor-made for the offense you like to run, is he not? No question. I mean, we, we do a good job getting our backs involved in our pass game. You know, they're generally uh, not an afterthought in what we do, um, but part of our progressions, um, very difficult, I think, for a defense to take them away all the time. Uh, they do do a good job at times of doing it, but, uh, you know, he is definitely a weapon. Uh, he's a weapon every time he touches the ball, whether he's in the backfield or out of the backfield. He's also the thing that people don't realize about him. He's one of the best blocking running backs in our yeah. league as well. So, um, you know, he's an all-around great back. And, you know, that's one of the reasons I'm extremely confident that our, our offense will will start fast. He's a running back, a receiver, and at times an old lineman for sure. He does he does so many, uh, so many good things uh, when he's playing. Uh, there were some names on the cut list, guys who had won great cups with his team in 2015 who were released, and that's just the circle of life in the CFL. But I want to talk about guys who won great cups with his team in 2015 who returned to the team. Uh, I think... A lot of people surprised to see the practice roster included, uh, first off, uh, DeAnthony Batiste and, and Kenny Stafford. Maybe give me your, your thoughts on, on first DeAnthony coming back. Yeah, DeAnthony was a huge thing. Um, you know, it, it wasn't, uh, you know, I, he's one of the guys I didn't really, wasn't really excited to move on from in the offseason. I mean, DeAnthony played 18, 20 games for us last year, uh, played at an extremely high level. I know he's getting up there in age, but he's a young 35 or whatever he is now. Um, he hasn't been injured hardly in his career. He still works out like crazy. He trains a lot of people yeah. at the gym there. So, and he's he's a really great person. I, I've always enjoyed uh, being around him. Anytime you've talked to him, which isn't very often, but when I do, it's a, a pleasant conversation. So I wasn't excited for him to leave, but extremely excited to see him in the gym and have a conversation pick up where are you interested in something, you know, could help both of us. It help you here in Ep stay in Edmonton. And obviously this is what we have to offer. Are you willing to do that? When he said yes, it was the happiest day I've had in a long time uh, because I know what kind of depth he provides us, what kind of leadership he provides us. And the fact is we're generally one injury away from um, needing someone like him. And to know that he can 
will be capable of going in and taking over someone is, is awesome. So Kenny Stafford uh, coming back. Um, you know, I, I talked to Kenny last year when I was hired and, you know, was talking to him about coming back. And, you know, he ended up going to Montreal and I didn't, you know, get mad at him for doing that. I mean, he had a great opportunity to go there to be with his cousin and and, and get paid well and, and go to a new situation for him. Uh, didn't work out. Winnipeg didn't work out. And when he was, when he called when he got released and said he wants to be in Edmonton, that was music to our ears. And we know what kind of player Kenny can be. And um, I think he'll fit in. I think he does fit in well with what we do. Um, and obviously he was very productive with Mike throwing the ball to him yeah. here. So we're pleasantly surprised that he landed here and, and will give us that depth that we need going forward. By far, his best year in the CFL was 2015, his one year with the Eskimos, so hopefully he can replicate that uh, somehow. Quick note on the BC Lions, how tough is it to game plan for a team you don't know much about and you've only got preseason tape on? It's difficult. Um, you know, beginning of the year, we like to game. I mean, offensively, we game plan against everyone. So when you don't have as much film to go off of, you're kind of shooting blind and you're kind of going off of some of last year, what they did to you, and um, a little bit in the preseason of the personnel that you see. Um, and some of the changes maybe scheme schematically that you maybe pick up on that they're doing differently. But ultimately, none of us know. None of us know what they're mm-hmm. going to do. Uh, so it's that great uh, cat and mouse game that you're going to play. So going out, we'll run our offense the way we'd run it and uh, see if they can stop it and see if we can have some answers. Um, you know, they're, they're active. They're an active defense. They give you a ton of different looks. They move around extremely well. They're tough up front. Um, you know, Solomon Elmini is one of the best linebackers in the league. Uh, they have big shoes to fill <coughs> in Big Hill, but the guy there has been doing well in, in the preseason for them. So, um, and then they've got a couple starters back in their secondary that they missed last year. So they'll be ready to play. They're playing at home. It'll be a it'll be a, yeah. a great game, but and a great. Uh, um, matchup for us. Look forward to it. 8 <laughs> o'clock on uh, Saturday night right here on 6.30. Chad, countdown to kickoff at 6.30. Jason, uh, appreciate our time together tonight. Uh, we'll be back uh, one week time uh, to do it again. Sounds great. Thanks. Great, great stuff. That is Eskimos head coach Jason Moss. This has been the Eskimos Coaches Show brought to you by Michener <laughs> Allen Auctioneering. Eskimos back to work. Practice tomorrow for the first time in the regular season of 2017. We're on the air 6.30 on Saturday night. My name is Morley Scott. Have a great night, everybody.